Hey, what's up with the king? What's up with the queen? You already know who it is. It's your big brother, Demont Pope, a.k.a. Mr. Purpose Over Pointless Excuses. Yeah, look, y'all already know what my job is, right? It's to inspire, right? Motivate, educate, and empower. And you already know that all my guests do the same thing. So it ain't no different this week, man. But before I introduce the next guest, if you haven't already, I need you to hit the like, the subscribe. I need you to send this to about five or 10 people who you want to see put their purpose over pointless excuses. Now, I know you want to know who I got waiting. So without further delay, without further ado, I want to introduce to some and present to others, my bro, Elgin Mack. Yeah. What's going on, y'all? What up, bro? What's going on? Man, all is well, bro. Thank you, man, for, for taking time, man, to, to grace my platform with your presence, man. Man, thanks for your consideration. Man, you already know we had to do it, bro. We had to do it. Look, man, I ain't even going to waste no time, bro, because I know a little bit about you. You know what I'm saying? We met face-to-face -face for the first time at a conference. You know what I'm saying? So I already know what you're doing, but these people don't know you, E. You understand what I'm saying? So what I want you to do first, right, is let us know who is Elgin Mack, right? And tell us exactly what it is that you do, King. Well, right now I'm a professional speaker. I'm a coach and I author. I'm three times author of multiple books. Uh, one is called Letter to My Son. Uh, the other one's called Find Your Purpose. And the other one was pertaining to my industry, which is uh, The Secrets of the Six-Figure Barber. So I was a barber for a couple of years. However, they had started. You know, I started from the streets of Memphis, was in and out of juvenile detention center from 12 to 18, and then from uh, age 18 and a half to like 24. And it just took me on a whole different cycle of certain situations of the streets that helped me be able to better myself by, uh, I guess, maneuvering through adversity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm gonna back you up. And we finna get into that story right quick. So, so just so the people are clear, like we got multiple hats, like you, you're a three time author, right? Multiple books, right? You're a speaker, right? You got background as a barber, right? That's how I started out. And then you start talking about that story, right? So, so I'm assuming that we about to segue right into the next question, which is, you know, the question is going to be what, what was the inspiration, right? What was the motivation behind choosing your career path as an artist, I mean, at the, as an author, excuse me, and a speaker? Like what, what, what made you go from being a barber, right? To want to be an author of not one, not two, but three books and take the stage as a speaker. Let's get into the story. What's the motivation behind that transition, King? Man, I think it was all about happenstance. Of course, it was about purpose and through God. So from the age of five, I was having visions of me speaking. I mean, my mother used to go to church on Saturday to do the bulletin for Sunday. So mm. while she was in the office typing and copying paper, I'd get on stage and I'd just be speaking and speaking and speaking. But you know, back then, it really wasn't a consideration for a motivational speaker. If you spoke as a man of color, you was considered to be a pastor. So any words coming out from that form of articulation that wasn't of God or in that format, the elders considered it blasphemous. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my mother didn't understand my guilt, so I got punished and ridiculed and criticized for playing or torn with God. So me being misunderstood, not in that facet, but in a lot of other situations, and to say the least, I was pretty mischievous and bad, man. So I started getting a lot of situations, bro. So I was uh, banned from Memphis City Schools. So always, uh, I started getting kicked out of school in, in the sixth grade. And in truth, I got like a sixth grade education. The only reason I made it to the ninth grade because I was in and out of juvenile detention centers. And inside those centers, they have schools. But you really ain't doing any work. They just give you a grade and pass you. So paper-wise, it showed the ninth grade. But legitimately, I really didn't make it past the sixth grade. 
Wow. It was through books, personal development, and continuous to read that brought me to the next phase. But um, I was in and out of trouble, in and out of juvenile detention. So I say from 12 to 24, bro, I probably was out no more than about three to four months at a time. I'd be down six months, be out two months, be down three months, be out. You know, just a cycle would continue to repeat. And then at age 19, I uh, ended up into a situation where I got shot. And it was, it, it was common, put it like that. You know, you get what you put out. Mm. So I got shot. And I was so wild and uh, rebellious that I got into two shootouts while I was still stepping up. For less than two weeks of me being released from the hospital, I was in two shootouts still. And then the next day after the last one, uh, the police came into my home for an investigation for one charge. I was on bond for another charge and they took me down. It was at that particular point where I had a misrealization. I was kind of limp because I was still stepping up. I limped uh, to the phone and I was calling my mom and she was like immensely quiet. I said, hello, hello, mom. And she was just, it was a silence like I had never heard before. Yeah. And I kind of knew what that was. And then finally she was like, son, when are you going to change God and spiritual life multiple times? You got my home shot up. You've been in and out since you was a child. What you going to do with yourself? And of course, I was trying to make excuses and justify, you know, where I was from, where I stayed, and what I had to do. But she wasn't hearing it. Yeah. So I, uh, we hang up the phone. It was lockdown time. I go on my cell. And all that night, it was just bothering me, man, because at the end of the day, how I am now is really how I always was. This is how I always saw myself. It's just my circumstance and my conditions temporarily blind me. And it conditioned my mind to think that certain ways were possible. But we all know that when your mindset shifts, your burdens begin to lift. So I had now. to kind of modify, huh? I said, you talking now, go ahead. I had to modify my mindset in order to elevate. And so uh, I was sitting still and uh, I finally fell asleep. I got up the next morning and washed my face and go to child. And this particular time it was different. Man, I literally could hear my mother's voice in my mind. So remember we was raised in the church. So it's the church son to say, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. So at that moment I looked in the mirror, bro, and I kind of understood why that gentleman said what he said. Because for me to say, it's me, oh Lord, it's me, that mean God don't recognize me. I had to re-identify myself. It's me, oh Lord, it's me. And I had became so vicious and so horrific based on my conditions to survive, I literally didn't recognize myself. Mm. So I sat down that day, I began to kind of itch out some goals and I became definitive about what I wanted to transition into. I had to identify what I wanted in my mind because the first step of growth is awareness. I had to become aware of my wrongs, my errors, what I want to be, what I want to become. And then in between was a gap of everything I had to sacrifice, everything I had to give up, the books I need to read, the people I need to meet, and the changes I need to make. And I just stood firm, bro. And uh, so for the last three years, I ended up reading over 100 books in three years. Come it shifted my life because I was gang affiliated. And the so-called opposition is a gentleman that taught me how to read. It was interesting. Someone we should be gang banging and fighting against was an older gentleman that had kind of transitioned to Islam. He set me down and showed me how to read. The first book was Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill and Dennis Kimbrough, The Black Choice, their collaboration. Yeah. From that point on, I couldn't stop, man. I read uh, multiple self-help books, everything you can think of from Thinking Grow Rich, The Richest Man in Babylon, uh, 21 Irrefutable Law, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John C. Maxwell, et cetera, all type of finance books. And so I wrote down my exact plan on what I was going to do when I came home. The first step I realized is I had to shift my friends. Uh, Dr. 
which is Dr. McLean of Howard University, he said that the people who you continuously associate with are called your reference group. And those people are responsible for 95% of your success or failure in life. Mm. So I knew then I had to shift my associations. So I never went back to my old community at that particular point, And I never associated with my old friends. I just stayed consistent. So I got my goals taken out of my mouth, uh, went to the barbershop to get my hair cut off. Had dreads at the time. Now, this is the thing about it. My, <laughs> see, oh, let me, yo, come on, bro. So this is the thing about it, bro. My barber was familiar with my whole life, my whole struggle. He had been seeing me the whole time. He's from the same neighborhood, the same situation. So he used to try to, you know, encourage me to change and do things different because he saw something in me. But now when I came home and I was so articulate and had studied so much and I was so focused, people could really recognize me. You know, my, my countenance began to shift because my mindset had, you know, um, transition. So he was like, bro, what you gonna do? Now, even though I had been in a lot of trouble, this particular case, I was really innocent. I didn't know the laws and I couldn't read at that time. So I thought I was signing for a five-year probation when I was signing for a probationary hearing which they was going to automatically deny me because it was an aggravated, it was an aggravated charge. So in Tennessee, aggravated charge, are 85%, no probation, you got to go lay it down. But I didn't know what I was doing. So uh, I told him I wanted to become an attorney. Mm-hmm. He was like, bro, that's a long ride, man. You're going to go to the University of Memphis. You know, what you're going to do is you're going to go for a while, and then you're going to start taking advantage of the college kids, and you're going to start sending them weed and sending them stuff to survive because that's your background. You know how to hustle. He said, why don't you go get a trader for your belt? I'm like, man, what's the trade? He broke down to me, told me what the trade was. He said he had a partner that owned a barber school um, that was down the street. He said, if you like it, let me take you down there. We see what we can do. He took me down there. They put the clippers in my hand. I could draw, but I had never cut before. The first day, people was asking me questions, like from an instruction perspective, like, how do you do this? How do you do that? I had no idea that God was giving me a talent to escape the streets so that I would eventually be able to attach it to my gift so that I can fulfill my purpose. Because with me cutting hair, I was able to deal with men of all walks of life. Because from the cradle to the grave, a man needed a haircut and a shave. When a baby is born at a year, he get a haircut. When that man dies, a barber got to go to the funeral home and then cut his hair again. So I was able to deal with the doctors, the lawyers, the police officers, the dope boys, the pimps, the pastors, the gay men, the straight men. And it made me so well-rounded and be able to identify with people from very different mindsets, not recognizing that one day there will be a reflection of my audience. Man, listen, bro. Man, look, you done dropped so much weight already in the first Mm -hmm. 10 minutes, man. I'm finna do a recap because I love to pull things up out of this thing. So first Mm -hmm. of all, we talking about Lil Elgin, Lil Emac <laughs> at the church with mama. She putting the programs and stuff together, right? Mm-hmm. You up on the microphone, what they think is you playing, you don't even know is a glimpse into your potential, right? But mm-hmm. because they don't know what it is, they thinking you playing with the with, with the microphone because you ain't preaching, right? So, so and, and, and in the midst of that, we talking about the upbringing, bro. And we got similar backgrounds, bro. Like we talking about the struggles. Let's go on and call it what it is, bro. You had mm-hmm. adverse childhood experiences that you were encountering. 
those Correct. adverse childhood experiences led you to become what some would consider a troublemaker, like you gang affiliated, right? You getting your hustle on, like we talking about shootouts. We talking about you being shot, right? We talking about as soon as you get out of the hospital, you end up in a shootout. Come on, man. We talking about you getting arrested, right? We talking about you sitting in jail. You incarcerated, E, and then you talking to mama on the phone. And it's heartbreaking because mama didn't sound the same. And when mom told you, like, look, man, when are you going to change? And then that, that truth rang in your ears even when you got off the phone with mom. Like you said, you got up, bro. And you said you was washing your face and you getting ready for child. Yeah, I'm familiar with that terminology, bro. When you behind <laughs> them doors. So, so you, 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 you coming out into the day room, in other words, so that you can eat, bro. Mm -hmm. And then you thought about what your mama said, right? So, so not only did you think about what your mama said, but let's still deal with the incarceration. You incarcerated with what would be considered an op, right? Somebody on the opposite side, right? Opposition, right? In other mm -hmm. words, an enemy, right? We got to be careful, E, because see, 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 sometimes God bring us blessings in disguise, right? We got to be careful how we entertain strangers because your blessing was locked into what you would be, what you would consider your op, your enemy. He's the one that opened your mind and enlightened you, introduced you to these books. So you started reading. Okay, reading now. Let me let me inform the listeners that we're talking about. You said in truth, documented, my bro. You got a sixth grade education, but on the paper it say ninth, ninth grade. But in truth, it's a sixth grade education. So wait a minute. Here's this uneducated troublemaker, right? That has experienced all of this adverse childhood experiences, right? That had a glimpse of what his potential could look like. And now you in jail with a, with a OG, right? That, that, that's an enemy from, from, from direct or, or, or from initial contact. But this is the person that opened your mind to all of these books. And a lot of them books you was quoting, I got them in my own library back here behind me, like 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Like, like I got those kind of books. But these are the books that educated you because the question was, what was the inspiration and motivation behind you choosing your career? So, bro, you done read over 100 and something books. You done got self-educated. Then you get out, you hit the barbershop get your hair cut and everything like that. You already had a gift, the talent to draw, right? You could draw, mm -hmm. right? But you had never cut hair before. And then it started, bro. Something happened to you, bro. Like, I just want to make sure these people hear what you're talking about and what you came from because that story is powerful because you are the example. I am the example of how we can overcome adversity from childhood, right? And how it can catapult us into our future and change the trajectory of our future. But you said something, brother, that I like. You said something that I like. You said God gave you a talent, right? A talent that will work according to your purpose. That ain't how you said it. I want you to say it again, how you yeah. said it. But, 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 but talk about that part, bro. Let's go back to that. You said God gave you a talent that will fuel, what you say, your passion for your purpose or something like that? Like bring yeah, that gave, back to me. He gave me a talent to attach to my gift. The talent was my ability to cut hair. To attach to my gift, my ability to speak and communicate so that I then can fulfill my purpose. Everything was training ground, bro. Mm -hmm. It's like, 
everything that I end up becoming what I already was. Everything that these people feel, that's why you have to be understand when you have visions inside of your mind because those visions are technically not visions of dreams. They are divine instructions from the creator that's assigning you with your mission in life. We just have to be obedient, man. Speak, so you saying what you what you were to become, you already was. So, so man, that I was, part right there. I was feeling it. Come on, man, like that's As a child, like right I now. always like this. Even when we was in the streets, bro, I had a mind that I was, no matter what we did, I always was trying to elevate to a different level. Yeah. I remember I had, uh, had a pastor tell me uh, when I was in prison, he told me, he said that everything, because I was so wild with my own daddy shot at me at one point, you know? So he was telling me, he said that that vision that God gave you when you was five years old and he was on the stage speaking, he said that was introduction to your purpose. He said everything else was preparation to qualify you to be able to speak to your target audience. Now you can connect with the guys that was in the game. Now you can communicate with the people that was in the streets. Now you can talk to the entrepreneurs because he took you to every different stage of elevation so you can connect with the people to help them alter their mindset, bro. Man, so what we talking about, what we thought happened to you, we realized it happened for you. Right, because it, it it gave you certain different levels of expertise. And while you talking about you're able to communicate to people in various walks of life, bro, we talking about diversity, right? We talking about inclusion. You see what I'm saying? Like you mm -hmm. were forced to be diverse and you were forced to be able to be inclusive because you had to deal with different type of people that's coming into the barbershop, bro. And then, oh man, I'm loving this. I don't know if they getting it, Oh, man, I'm I'm back to that 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 talent, that gift, that purpose. Those three words. I don't know, man. That might be the title of this episode, bro. You might then name this episode "Talent, Gifts, and Purpose." I want to ask you this, bro. Let me ask you this: with that purpose, right? With with the gifts, with the talent. Now let's talk about how your businesses, let's talk about how the products, the services that you provide, let's talk about how they add value to others. All of the stuff that you went through, right? It brought you to where we are right now. Now let's talk about what the people get out of that. Like if you, whether you cutting hair, whether they reading your book, whether you on the stage speaking, let's talk about the value, right? That you giving them and that they getting from it. Speak on that, Emac. I believe in taking all my experiences to be able to help other individuals. At the end of the day, it's not about me satisfying anyone, it's about me amazing them with the level of intellect or conversation that can help them uh, basically grow. So when it comes down from a barber perspective, but like, again, I had no idea. I thought I was just gonna be able to cut hair. But it's like, when I was in the streets, bro, you know how you sell weed, you like, hey bro, I got that good. Or when you're selling dope, you so I took that same particular mindset. I said, okay, well, twenty dollar rock, twenty twenty five dollar haircut. But I use I use I use that mentality, bro, to help the people grow. So as I was cutting hair, and I'm communicating with people. I realized that everyone that came in, I was changing their life. They be like, damn, El, you said this or you said that, and it's exactly what I'm going through. Or you said something last uh, session, and I applied it and was able to shift my life. And I remember one day, an elder gentleman came into my shop and he said, man, you got to give Russ. He had everybody in suspense. Have you thought about doing seminars? I was like, man, what's a seminar? So he broke down the seminar to me, and I'm just aggressive, so I immediately called my partner up. We developed a flyer within a couple of hours. We had about 10, 15 days on the ground passing out flyers. Wait, now, man, hold up, hold up. You ain't finna speed through that, man. My boy said he <laughs> aggressive. In other words, my bro about that action. 
You said my man presented an opportunity for a seminar. You ain't even know what it was. And then you talking about within a matter of hours, you got flyers? Man, you better back up, repeat that, man. Break this down to me. Yeah, so we, so in a couple of, when he told me about the seminar, I was like, he broke it down to me. Now, let me remind you, I always had these visions. So now as I'm, I put it like this here, bro. Like, soon as I acted on changing my life, it seemed like everything started to fall in place, bro. Even some of the things that looked like it was an adversity or obstacle. See, what we got to realize that all opportunity is going to be laced in difficulties. Hence the word opportunity. That's why you get op. So the moment you try to get something of an opportunity, of a value, you're going to face immense opposition. Second is you have to tune into your destiny, tune into your are, tune into your calling, and then stand on it and make sure that all your actions, your thoughts, and your deeds are conducive with the vision you have in your mind. That's the only way it's going to crystallize. The second is unity. What are we unified with? Because oftentimes in Memphis, we got this saying called flaws. And flaws just mean being inauthentic of faith. So if you find somebody's contradiction in their story, you say, man, that man flaws. So in other words, we have to be unified with who we are and make sure that we're not flogging and that we're not inauthentic. Because me being in the streets, me functioning from a criminal perspective, that was me being inauthentic because my true essence was to serve God, to serve as a purpose. So long as I was doing things of the opposite, I wonder why I was getting negativity because that's what I was producing. You reap what you sow, but also what you're currently reaping in your life now is based on what you have sown. So if we want to shift our harvest, we got to shift what we're currently planting. Man, listen, if we want to shift our harvest, we got to shift what we currently planting. Why? And we got, we got to be deliberate and we got to be intentional about our growth, bro, because nothing is going to come by change. Yeah. It's only going to come through choice or by change. We got to make a choice and we have to be willing to change. It ain't going to happen by chance. Choice Not or change. Y'all listen, man, if you're getting value, because I know I'm getting a lot of value, I need you to hit the like button, thumbs up right quick. Hit the subscribe if you haven't already. Hit that notification bell so that you know when we release a new content. Listen, man, Elgin Mack right here on the King Speaks podcast, man. He dropping bars like for real, for real. Let me ask you this, Emac. Let me ask you this, man. Let's talk, because we already been talking about adversity. We've already been talking about obstacles. We've been talking about challenges. Like, you really just broke down opposition, like, in a different way that I've never heard it before. Now I want to talk to you about, because people might think, okay, you might got it all together now. Everything going well. You started making changes in your life. You got delivered for some things. Now, you know what I'm saying? You planting proper seed, and you got proper harvest. But what they don't know is, Elgin is that, Sometimes we still go grow through things as we go through our purpose. So talk about a challenge, bro, that you are facing right now in your business or profession. And how are you handling that challenge, bro? I say one of the challenges pertaining to speaking, bro. Like, this is my gift. This is my calling. And again, I realized I was being inauthentic and I was somewhat flawed because if this is my purpose, that means that Every day, every shape, form, or fashion, I should be doing podcast interviews. I should be studying the great. I should be reading. I should be practicing. I should be really getting my things, uh, I guess you can say, honing my skills to my maximum capacity. But in some instances, I realized I wasn't because it's a natural gift. So I read a little bit. Well, am I doing as much as I can? I work a little bit. I practice. I study. But am I doing as much as I can? So I just realized now that... Uh, 
And the reason being, bro, because I was unconsciously making excuses. And I thought that that excuse was an answer. So I say, well, I need to get this, then I'll be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And then when I get that, I say, I need to do this, then I'll be able to get that. So my excuse wasn't a justification, it truly was an answer. And as we know, excuses are tools used by fools to be a monument of nothing. Those who use them very rarely accomplish anything. So what I had to understand is also how to manage adversity. See, it's never the things that happen to us that are a distraction. They are really an illusion. They only become a distraction when you give it attention because nothing has no power over you other than that in which you give it through conscious thought. So our success is gonna be based on our perspective of our circumstances, and our perception of ourselves while we're undergoing or we enter those circumstances, because at the end of the day, we will never rise above our self-image. Our self-esteem is correlated to our self-image and our competence. And the more competent we are, the more confident we will become. And the more confident we are, the more competent we will become. But if we have a poor self-image about, I didn't do this or I can't do that, this is what we're going to introduce now. And I realized what was contributing to my poor self-image was breaking deals with myself or cutting deals with myself. Mm-hmm. I said I was going to do one thing and then I negotiate with myself and I didn't do it. But on the outside, everyone thought I was succeeding because they don't know my true potential. They don't know what type of contract I got with God. So it looked good on the outside, but the inside, man, I was beating myself up because I knew I could do more. And the more I wasn't disciplined, the more I wasn't consistent with my word, the more it began to deteriorate my self-image because I knew how I was supposed to be functioning. But the moment I became more disciplined, the moment I became persistent, because persistence is discipline in action. Mm-hmm. The more I became persistent and I persevered, persevered through the obstacles, the more my self-image changed and I was able to produce positive things in my life. Man, listen, bro. I'm man, listen. Hope I'm, I'm not ranting anything. No, man. Hey, listen, listen, bro. This is what we're here for. Like, we're here to be authentic. Like you said, we can't be flexing and flaws and we can't be faking, bro. Like, like these people need to see the real. They need to experience the real and they need to see and experience it from somebody that's been there, bro, and done that as opposed to somebody that done read about it. Like, bro, like you kicking real information, bro. So, no, you ain't ranting, man, because right now what I want to ask you from that right there, what you've just spoken, what, what would you say is the most important lesson or lessons that you've learned over your career, bro, because you breaking down some very valuable information and I hope they taking notes. I hope they sharing this to their friends and family. And look, man, they probably gonna have to go back and watch this over and over again, because this episode here alone will level up their game, man. You, you talking to Mr. Purpose over pointless excuses and you broke down excuses in ways that I haven't even heard it yet. So come on, man, let's talk about the most important lessons you've experienced over your career, bro. Let's, let's add more value. Uh, the most important lesson was relationships. Do mm. we put value on relationships? But we have to understand that key word is ship. Mm. Ship. So you got a cruise ship. All ships have a purpose and a destination. So a cruise ship has a purpose and a destination for recreation once it gets to its goal. A warship has a purpose and a destination. So if you have a friendship or partnership or fellowship or relationship, that particular relationship should be able to take you to a destination and fulfill a purpose. If it doesn't, you must immediately abort that ship because there's only two types of relationships, a parasitic relationship and a semiotic relationship. Mm. 
So a parasitic, well, a symbiotic relationship is where two organisms feed off each other. He contributes, she contributes. We contribute, they contribute. So they feed off each other for their growth and survival and their sustenance. And a parasitic relationship is where one organism feeds off the host, giving nothing in return, ultimately killing its contributor. So we got to be careful of parasitic people and we got to always tune into individuals that are symbiotic so we can grow like-minded and try to associate with people that's ahead of us. Like me and you, we made it to a mentorship program. Right. You know, our mutual mentor, Jeremy Anderson. So we have to find people that's ahead of us that make us stretch, that allow us to grow, that challenge our mindset and some of our preconceived notions so that we can evolve. Because again, only time things will become better is when you choose to be better. Man, say that again. Run that bar right back. Yeah. Only time things will become better is when you decide to be better. Man, big facts, bro. And, and, and you said something powerful, bro, uh, about relationship. That's the most important lesson you've learned. And then you broke down them ship. I'm familiar, bro. I'm familiar with the cruise ship. You know what I'm saying? I'm familiar <laughs> with the battleship. I'm an Air Force veteran, but you know what I'm saying? By way of affiliation with, 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 with sailors, I've been aboard Navy battleships, right? So, mm. so listen, man, and, and, and you talking about relationships like how we met through our mentor, Jeremy. And one thing about the relationship we have with him is he does that. He stretches it, bro. Like I'm, I'm always getting challenged by him. Like I'm thinking I'm doing good where I'm at. And he like, nah, bro, come on. You got to step that up. You got to do this. He's stretching me. He's challenging me. He's causing me to go further than I, cause I'll negotiate with myself. Like you said, I'll negotiate with myself and say, okay, I'm gonna just do this because I'm good. But having that mentor, Having somebody that is already gone where you trying to be, bro, that's key. But you can't have that person without having a relationship with that person. And the relationship got to be so important to where you value the information coming from the person. Because if we didn't value our mentor, bro, when he give us mentorship and he give us advice and challenges, bro, we won't take it serious. But because we value the relationship, because we know he's been where we trying to get to. And his mission is to help us get to where we are trying to go. So, bro, I love the fact that you highlighted that relationship segment, man. And I love the way you shouted out Jeremy, man. Shout out to the big bro. <laughs> by the way you understand me let me ask you this let me ask you this emac we we, we finna go a little bit deeper right let's so go. what would be the first thing let's say somebody listening somebody watching this and they like man i got some gifts i got some mm. i got some talent i got some gifts like i i think i got a purpose like i I, I may can't cut hair, but maybe I can cut grass. You get where I'm coming from? Mm -hmm. I, 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 I might can't write a book per se, but, but maybe I can write a blog or something like that. So what would be the first thing a person should do, right, in order to get started in this industry that you and I are in uh, called speaking or, 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 or even becoming an author, bro? What would, what would be the first piece of advice you give them to get started? Uh, number one, I say always keep a journal. Always keep a journal, always write and document your thoughts. They'll help you with speaking and be able to write books. And second of all, always seek a mentor. Uh, I'm in the morning meetup program with David Shands, and one of the books that we read, it was called uh, Who Not How. Hmm. And Who Not How, the book was talking about why try to discover a how when you can find a who. Find a who. You're trying to worry about how can I become a better speaker. Find a who that's a master speaker. 
sign up for the mentorship program and allow them to help you grow. And also, even though uh, the movie uh, Black Panther, the last one that just was released, they said that the how is never as important as the why. So your why to speak, your purpose for speaking is going to overshadow and overpower your why, I mean your how, and then fall in place. And pertaining to writing books, you can literally start writing books now through your phone, through your voice recorder. You just sit down and you communicate through your voice recorder. You, you speak on how you feel. You be able to outline your, your chapters and your sub chapters. You take their audio and you send it to rev.com, R-E-V-E.com. They're going to take that uh, audio. They're going to turn it into a manuscript. And once you get that manuscript, you can take it and you submit it to Upwork. You can look at it and you can play with it a little bit and restructure a few things and, you know, and polish it. And then you submit it to Upwork.com. You go to Upwork.com, you find your editor. They begin to edit it and get it formatted. Then you go to 48 Hour Books. You upload that. After, I'm sorry, I left out one step. Get you a, a book cover design from Freelancer.com or Fiverr.com or you can do it yourself through Canvas. And then from that point on, bro, you got you a tangible book. And you get your I, your ESBN and get your bar your barcodes, you get there from Bowker.com. Mm -hmm. It's B-O-W-K-E-R. And you have their book done in 30 to 45 days, man. Because one hour of conversation on a voice recorder is probably about a hundred page book because the books are produced based on your word count. Mm -hmm. Listen, bro, in case y'all ain't knowing. My bro is authentic in this. You see how he just, listen, in case you didn't know, like that's free game right there. He just gave you the blueprint. How I know that's the blueprint? Because a lot of those processes, that's exactly how I got the book that you see right behind me over there. Purpose over pointless excuses. You need to go and get that. It's available. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You can go and get, type in Google, purpose over pointless excuses. You can get it off of amazon.com. You can get it off of demontpopepublishing.com. Listen. While I'm talking about my book, while I'm telling them where they can go get my book and resources, look, y'all can check it out, demontpope.com. But look, Emac, if they ain't got enough from you from this interview, and they like, man, I need more. That brother deep. That bro got game. He got knowledge. You see what I'm saying? I need you to let us know, bro, how these people can contact with you. Like, how can they find you? Your website, your email, social media. Like, if they want to get one or all three of those books, like, where can they find you at if somebody want to book you to speak do a webinar seminar whatever you got going on where can they find you bro well the website is uh uh is but the more convenient you can go to my instagram which is lgmac is e-l-g-e-n-m-a-c-k so you're on my instagram you hit the link in the bio and everything you can think of to be able to contact me to set up consultations coaching my books everything is in a particular uh in the bio Hey, man, y'all heard it, man. Elgin Mack, y'all tap in with my bro, man. Get these resources, man. Get this value, man. Get this information because information does have the power to change your situation, man. Look, 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 man. I hate I hate that we running out of time, man, but I, I got one more question for you, bro. If you could stay with me for a little longer, I got okay. one more question. And, and, and I say this one for last, and I always set it up the same way for you to knock it down. Listen, man, they've been watching us. They've been tuning in. They're getting value from you. They've learned. They've been educated by you. They've been empowered. Now, it's a person right here, man. They're a little discouraged now. 
They may be a little overwhelmed because we done gave them too much information because, you know, we trying to over deliver with the value. You know, I like to say we value stacking over here. You feel what I'm saying? Mm. But maybe they've been a little overwhelmed. Maybe they, 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 they still thinking about the adverse childhood experiences that they've encountered. Maybe they still thinking about the emotional damage. Maybe, maybe somebody still tied into the gang affiliation. Like I'm a former gang affiliated person myself. I'm a former drug dealer myself. Like, so I've been incarcerated myself so I can relate to that. So for that person, that, that 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 can relate to us, but they feel like, oh yeah, they got out, but I can't get out. Like my neighborhood is, I'm stuck here. Like, bro, what would you say to that person, bro, if fear or doubt, uncertainty, lack or, or, or something is holding them back, what would you say to empower that person, to inspire that person and to motivate that person to do like you do, bro, and take action immediately? Man, number one, they got to immediately shift their mindset. Like I stated earlier, when your mindset begins to shift, your burden will begin to lift. And another thing, we got to take accountability. We got to stop shifting blame and stop complaining. When you complain, you become plain. So how can you do something extraordinary if you got an ordinary mindset? You're not outstanding because you're not standing out. And the only way to stand out is to identify what your gifts are. So just say for instance, we talk about the game type situation. The way I was able to transition from it, I literally started to pay attention to the literature. The literature was really the truth because it's a contradiction. So like you had, <laughs> you would, it was the literature. It's like Crips. We know that Crips stands for Community Revolution and Progress. It was originated from individuals that came from the Black Panther Party. But through government infiltration and agent provocateurs and their particular agenda to destroy the community, like what J. Edgar Hoover said, the greatest threat to America was Black unity. So they launched an agenda to destroy it. So then it shifted to uh, 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 a criminal group that's insane posse. Or bloods was stood for brotherly love, overpowers, oppression, and destruction. Mm. Or vice lords with their five-point style supposed to stand for love, truth, freedom, peace, and justice. Mm. They're supposed to have love in their heart, peace in their community, freedom in their movement, and justice in their actions. Or gangster disciples, yeah, you know, growth on. and development. So yeah. those particular words and statements, remember, be authentic. So the fact that we're gang banging and not an organization, the fact that we're not uplifting the community and we're destroying it, there's a contradiction and we're flogging. So just literally by paying attention to the literature within itself and begin to contribute to something positive, that will shift your life. And if you're going through difficulty, we got to understand that that's an isolated situation. If you're going through a divorce, that's that particular divorce. And you may be going through it because God heard things you couldn't hear. He saw situations you couldn't see. So he may move that you were made. So it's not about divorcing a person. It's about divorcing some of the things within yourself that created this situation. I learned the power of personal accountability, bro. Everything that I've done, everything that I've experienced, be it bad or good, I created it based on something I allowed, something I didn't allow, or something that I overlooked. So the moment I was able to take accountability, taking all things into account, then I had the ability to excel beyond the hell that I had created for myself through destructive thinking. So it's all about our thought process. Thought make a man, thought can break a man. But your situation is really revealing you to yourself. So if you're going through adversity, when I went through it, it showed me, damn, in some instances, I'm not as strong as I thought I was. In some instances, Man, I'm, my mouth put me in a situation. Some instances, my temper. So I had to reverse engineer, identify the problem, break it down, and then apply the things that I learned. Hope I answered your question, bro. 
Man, you answered the question and more. As a matter of fact, there's nothing else that could be said, man. <laughs> Look, y'all already heard it from the mouthpiece himself. That's your big bro, Elgin Mac. You understand what I'm saying? You already know me. <laughs> I'm your big bro, DeMont Pope, a.k.a. Mr. Purpose Over Pointless Excuses. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I-